Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Marissa Gencarelli, the co-founder and owner of Yoli Tortilleria. Welcome, Marissa. Hi, how are you? I'm great. And and I want to make sure to congratulate you on your recent honor. You're the 2023 James Beard Award winner for Outstanding Bakery. And I think you beat out four other finalists. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, four other finalists. It's a nationwide one. Yeah. Exactly. Across the nation. So tell us about that experience. What's it like? I know that the James Beard Award is a huge deal, but I really don't know what all goes into it. So take us through that. Yeah, a lot of it goes into it. And I did not know all the details. So the year prior, we were nominated as bakers. We made it to semifinalists, but then we didn't make it to the next stage of finalists. There's a whole process. Somebody nominates you. We have no idea who did that incredibly grateful for that. And then there's uh, like a voting round and then you pass, you know, to from semifinalist to finalist. Who votes? Um, they have a committee. So the James Beard Foundation has a committee, as I understand it, you know, and it's like all kinds of backgrounds and different things. Also, they have like an ability to like kind of double check that, yeah, you are legit and uh, and make sure that you, you know, you're a good citizen and you're good to your employees and all those kind of different ethic values that they have. So then um, get through semifinalists and we thought, you know, we were doing great as a semifinalist. We were very happy. We were surprised the second year in a row. It's, you know, it's not very common. And then after that, it does go for a nationwide vote. And that is a lot bigger. When we pass from, you know, semifinalists to finalists, we were just honored to be finalists. But we figured we didn't really have much of a chance just because, A, it's in a bakery category. And even though tortillas, I would call them the original, you know, Mesoamerican bread. Kansas City is a smaller market in comparison to, you know, other nominees, you know, when you see, like, they're from the coast. And so, yeah, I mean, we were just very happy about it. And so there's a there's votes and then it goes to some sort of, you know, again, I, my, I guess it goes to another kind of committee or board. Then the result comes in and um, you go to this really fancy event, very Oscar slide. There's an actual red carpet and you walk in and you have to dress up and it's just a whole thing. And, uh, you know, it was certainly new for us to be doing something like that. A lot of the chefs around us, you know, they have PR people and handlers. You know, we don't have a handler. (laughs) (laughs) We're both come from like big corporate jobs. So it's like for us, this is just like completely new world. Oh, well, well-deserved, it sounds like. You mentioned you had corporate jobs prior to founding Yoli. You worked in healthcare technology at Cerner. Yes. So what inspired you to leave that and to follow this passion and launch Yoli? I think it's all timing. I mean, I had been there for a long time. I had a, the most amazing experience working for incredible leaders in Kansas City. I mean, some of them went on and you know, built on other big companies and now they're CEOs of other companies. To be part of that group of people in Kansas City was quite an honor and it was really a very good education for me as an entrepreneur. I think in general, anyone that worked at Cerner in those early days and, you know, like I did, um, you know, entrepreneurship is kind of part of our DNA. It's no longer the same. You know, obviously now has changed quite a bit since they got acquired and everything. I think that uh, one of the reasons that I got to, you know, start kind of needing a hobby 
was that things were changing already at, at the company. You know, it gets to a certain size that it just it's no longer the same. And so um, to de-stress, I started cooking. And it was the only thing that I could just put down my phone. It's a very good therapy, you know. So it really started as a therapy. And Mark, my husband, he's incredible at, you know, also like to the greeny details of bakery as well. So between both of us, that was our de-stress. So it was really, really fun. When did you know that you actually had a business on your hands? We saw the need in this market in in Kansas City because, you know, we knew what good tortillas were. I mean, I'm from Sonora, Mexico, and there was nothing like that here that we, you know, that we thought, hey, this resembles to Marisa's hometown. And so we knew that there was an opportunity. I was a little skeptical. That's why I didn't (laughs) leave my job until like two years ago, Uh, you know, three years in uh, Yoli, just because, uh, you know, it's like I did not know how much it would actually grow. And so I think that that continues to surprise us. What influenced Yoli's offerings and style? Were these recipes you grew up with? Are they ones you've developed more recently? Tell us about that. So a lot of the, you know, like the recipes, it was a lot of us sticking to the traditional processes that I grew up with. So we did go to my hometown and actually did train there. And so we we were there for a couple of weeks and we met with tortilleros and tortilleras and like really hone in our craft and our techniques. Uh, But one of the things that we really wanted to, you know, distinguish ourselves is that sometimes you see saying like you wanted to do some French uh, croissant and, you know, and your only way to do it is to bring that French butter. Yeah, it would be nice. But what would be really even better if you source from around you locally. And that's kind of like, you know, you see a lot of really high-end tortillas out there that they're just importing corn. And that's great. We do import corn from time to time. But what I really wanted to focus is what's available to us? What's around us? How can we support our own economy? I want to see those farmer kids go to school and my taxes going to it. So that's our overall ethos, just making sure that, hey, we want to be really unique and we want to make sure that we're honoring the origin of this tortilla but we want to go ahead and source what's around us. And if you think about it, with all foods around the world, really people build the most beautiful meals with what's around them. It's a multifaceted uh, reason why we do this. It's environmentally, economically, you know, it's better for our economy. We build a stronger community. And I really do think we build a better product. Yes. And and there's a lot of people who would agree with you. That's for sure. You mentioned multifaceted. You're also multifaceted in terms of your business. You have a manufacturing plant, you have your retail store, and you even have a bit of a publishing arm. Tell us a little bit about each one of those. Yeah. So obviously we have our facility where we go ahead and do all of our products, our tortillas. We also make salsas, our frescas, tamales, and we're really getting into different masa shapes. And then we have our retail experience. That was really pivotal for us because I wanted a place that I can actually talk directly to the consumers. The other thing is we did have a hard time entering grocery stores. You know, a lot of people don't understand our product. They don't understand our category. It's like we're not the run of the mill tortilla that's going to be in the shelves with, you know, preservatives and all that. Our tortilla is different. And so a lot of people, a lot of the buyers still to this day, they still like scratch their head, don't understand why people keep on coming to their shop and requesting our tortillas. <laughs> so that's, that was part of the, the idea of having a retail space. 
a place that we can go ahead and showcase it, that we can share with people, and also tell the story of what makes that product unique. And so if you come in, you know, whether it's myself or whoever is in the retail shop, we'll go ahead and talk to you like, well, you know, this also goes great with X, Y, and Z, and this is why. So I kind of wanted to go ahead and curate that experience, and it just kind of falls into the the publications that we do, uh, we do so- small format books. They're called zines. And it's all about some of them are really focused on an ingredient and others on a region. It tells the history of the ingredient. And they're self-published because we do touch social, economical, and political issues because uh, food is complicated. Yes. There's a lot of things that change how you value a tortilla. They talk a lot, a lot of different types of subjects. Um, they also touch a lot of personal uh, storytelling. So I will go back and think about the first time that I remember, you know, touching masa and things like that. And of course, we have recipes, uh, lots of different recipes, because I want people to, you know, get creative and get out there and do their own thing. I always feel like when a meal is especially good, or in your case, uh, your tortillas and your other products, people rave about them. I always feel it's because that history and that passion comes through in the making Mm -hmm. of them. And it certainly sounds like you bring a lot of that to the table. Yeah. If I'm not doing that, then I need to go back to corporate, right? It's like, for me, this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing and we put everything on the line, you know? Where's your retail store located? On the West Side neighborhood. So 17th and Jefferson. And we are about to go through a transformation. That was the location that we used to also make our flour tortillas, but we since have moved that out. And we are going to be a small restaurant, like a 10-seat restaurant. When's this going to happen? Uh, hopefully by end of fall. End of fall. Okay, so so coming up here. And in your manufacturing plant, where do they go from there? What is your distribution range? Yeah, so our distribution right now is uh, primarily Kansas City, uh, Lawrence, and um, we are doing things in St. Louis, Oklahoma City, um, some limited things in Chicago, Seattle, Texas. So they're getting around. They're getting around, yeah, and, and that's more wholesale, you know, like big wholesale accounts. And then, as, of course, we ship nationally. So there's, I think the only state we have not shipped to is Hawaii. It's because we don't we, we don't allow it because we feel like it would take too long to ship and, and we are afraid that product would go bad. Right. You're, there's a freshness aspect there you have to maintain. Has winning the James Beard Award increased calls for the product? Oh, absolutely. It's overnight. They tell you it's funny. And in the award ceremony, uh, one of the presenters talked about how much James Beard, you know, changes your life. And it really, truly does. Overnight, you become recognizable. People will know who you are. You know, overnight, we were getting interviews from people in Mexico City from the largest newspaper that, you know, it's like, oh, my God, pinch me now. I had no idea. And then, you know, they're doing interviews with Al Jazeera. You know, it's like it just the reach is incredible. Global media just like really reaching out. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, I think it's one of them is. A, where we're the first winners of the category, and B, it wasn't given to a traditional French bread or traditional bread. Right. 
Right. And I think that was kind of, you know, a history in itself. You're also working on getting one of your sauces, Taco Stand, distributed in grocery stores across the country. How's that going? It's going. It's going. So we finally got um, all of our bottling and uh, labels ready and everything. So it, you know, it always takes a little bit longer than what you expect. And so hopefully we'll see them in shelves here soon. So working through it. Yeah, we'll be watching for that, sure. You have managed your company over the last six years from just you and your husband up to, I believe, about 15 employees or so, and now a James Beard win in the mix as well. How have you managed that growth? You know, this is where I think that us coming from a strong corporate background is very helpful because we have a lot of those uh, foundational organization skills. And uh, obviously, it's kind of funny because we think, God, I wish we had HR. We had, you know, all these different <laughs> uh, branches that you're used to, you know, when you have a large corporation. Uh, but I think that that has really informed us how we do our company. From the very beginning, you know, we have this, my mentor was Cliff Illick when I was at Cerner. And uh, he is a planner and he will tell you, you have to write the experience that you're wanting to do and all these details. And from very early on, we did that with Yoli. So we really, you know, said like, this is what we wanted to be. This is how we want it to look like. As we grow, what kind of company do we want to be? You know, it's like, you got to ask those questions. And then of course, you know, you know, people like kind of get a really scared when I say this and what your exit will be. That's one lesson that I learned from Cerner now. You know, it's like, what's your exit? And I'm not saying that we're exiting anytime soon, but you got to figure out, like, are you going to give this to your children? Are you going to sell it to your employees? What is it going to look like? And you have to have that ready. That's a very hard thing for a startup to do because you're just trying to get the doors open and you're trying to get your product or service out there. And you're like, what do you mean I have to know how I'm going to exit? So, yeah. You got to, I mean, you don't have to have your details baked out, but you have to know in your heart in an agreement. It's just goal setting. You may not see yourself as an activist, but you are a proponent of sustainable farming. You talked a little bit about using local ingredients a little earlier. So talk to us about your efforts yeah. in that area. Yeah. So I've been, I've been very fortunate to work with incredible partners here in Kansas City. One of them is uh, Paradise Locker Meats um, up here in Trumbull, Missouri. They um, source the most beautiful pork fat. They're so diligent of where they're sourcing everything. So and in fact, I have a good friend of mine now that he actually goes through Paradise Locker. He sells their hogs and all these kind of different things. And I really have learned about all the processes and what it means to be, you know, sustainable. And not only sustainable anymore, I think it's regenerative because we got to leave it better than what it was. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I'm very passionate being in the Midwest. Uh, obviously, the state of Kansas is not in a very good shape right now. The agriculture sector, there's a lot of, you know, we're not getting enough water. Um, you know, a lot of crops did not work out this year. And so I think that, I don't know, if if my buying power can do anything to go ahead and incentivize people to do things in a better way, I think that's, I think yeah. that was good. I mean, I'm very much into the overall idea that we change businesses based on how we do our purchases. 
And so, it, because it has to be, you know, not only are yeah. we taking care of the land, but it has to make sense business-wise, right? You have to marry both of those. And you've taken that message nationally. I believe you even provided some testimony to Congress about cover crops. Yeah, I was part of a group of chefs that went out there along with um, the James Beard Foundation and others. And we went ahead and just basically talked to our representatives and tell them, hey, hey, I'm a consumer of corn. This is why this is really important. I'm sourcing it here locally. And guess what? We're having a lot of trouble because X, Y, and Z. And I always told them how many pounds I'm using per day. And I'm a small company and I want to grow and everything. And I want to grow the state of Kansas and I want to grow the state of Missouri. You know, I'm, I'm committed here. So I need your support for us to do the right thing so we can have a longer, you know, yield of of, of agriculture in Kansas City. Awareness and education are the first the first step. Yes. Kansas City has experienced a lot of firsts recently. We've had the NFL draft, the upcoming World Cup. We've got the first pro women's soccer stadium in the country. And now the first James Beard Award winner in the bakery category. Where do you see more opportunities for Kansas City in the future. I think that we're doing a great job. I think that I think that we are attracting more and more talent. I think that in the past that has been our kind of little struggle. You know, we're making our city very attractive to other people from, you know, the coast and other places that they and also you know, having our talent stay here and spun out other companies. And I think that that's incredibly important. I think we're doing a really good job. I love what we're doing in the culinary scene. I do think we could do more. Such as? Obviously, we're known known for barbecue, and that's awesome. I love it, too. But I think we have something very special going on with other types of cuisines. And I think that we need to work harder on highlighting those. I think that we could grow more of that. Where does Yoli go from here? It's funny, when you ask me about the different facets of Yoli that we have, um, the reality is that the way we see it is that Yoli is about creating experiences. And so whether it's you buy our tortillas and you experience something different, you read our scene, uh, you go to our retail, you eat one of my meals, anything like that, it's all about enhancing the experience and the knowledge about uh, how rich culinary is Mexico and how it can be different and, and so on. So we we will probably spun off a lot of more different experiences. Um, and ideally, I would love to see the ability to go ahead and create more products that you take home and you kind of experience a different meal. You know, a lot of people ask me a lot of questions. They send me DMs constantly and like, how do I do this or make this and that recipe? I want to I wanna see people doing it at home. Just in a different way. If you go to a, like a large Mexican market, it's always very confusing. Any ethnic markets, right? You go in there and you kind of do not know what to pair with what, what to do with this or that. You know, unless you come in with your list and you kind of know your way around. So I would like to see more access on that. Yeah. So it sounds like you might have uh, something like a YouTube channel in the making where you could actually educate people and show them, demonstrate to them. Yeah. Yeah, between that and uh, providing them, you know, just the actual products for them to be able to do it. 
thank you so much for coming here today. Congratulations again on the James Beard Award win and for bringing this to Kansas City. It it is such an honor for you and and for the whole city to experience that with you. And uh, we'll be looking for the opening of your restaurant here real soon. Yep. Thank you so much. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Marissa Gincarelli for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. As the co-founder of Yoli Torteria, Marissa is bringing the authentic flavors of Mexico to Kansas City. She's also bringing global attention to Kansas City with her recent James Beard Award in the first time ever category of Outstanding Bakery. As she concluded her acceptance speech, she said, Thank you for helping us honor the very humble tortilla. Kansas City is a lot like Yoli's tortillas. Like Yoli's, we've recently scored some big wins, the NFL Draft, World Cup, and others. And just as the tortilla is not a pretentious food, Kansas City is not pretentious either. Like Yoli's tortillas, however, we are authentic. And at the end of the day, we deliver and people have noticed. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC. FDIC.